Bootsy Show, the Bootsy Show. We'll talk a little while and share a cup of joe. So tell all your friends wherever you go. Tune into the Charlie Boots Show. That's the Charlie Boots Show. And welcome back, folks, to the Raider Life Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Boots. And today, Charlie Chat number 23. It's like 23 is always a stellar number, no matter which way you cut it. And today, we got a big one for you. Sirius XM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming, Steve Cohen, joins the show. And not only is Steve a brilliant radio mind, one of the founding fathers of fantasy football, one of the founding fathers over at WFAN New York City, but he's also a lifelong Raider. You know, you'd assume it takes a Raider to do some of the things that Steve's been able to do. And he's been an all-around great coach over at SiriusXM, one of the broadcast powerhouses in modern sports and radio. Steve actually built and constructed the Sirius Radio's NFL department. So all the shows that you hear on there, he's a programming director that put them together. Very interesting timing to have Steve come on the show, too, as the Raiders just announced Chucky, John Gruden, back as the head coach. So you're going to get to hear Steve's take on that, plus just tons and tons of gems from his career, from seeing different teams' training camps, from seeing different coaches And Steve actually came up under the great Bill Parcells, so he had a lot of influence from Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, and uh, it's really interesting to hear how he applies those mindsets to coaching and leading the team over at Sirius. I'd like to send a big, big thank you to our buddy Gary Brown of the Jersey Shore Raiders Booster Club for helping him put this one together. And a hearty, hearty, howdy doing, how you doing to this week's sponsor, RV Station Home. To the best luxury RVs and campers in America with six locations in Texas for all your RV needs. Visit our friends at RVStation.com today and tell them Bucci sent you. And folks, you are tuned in to the Raider Life Podcast, listening at RaiderLife.com or the Apple Podcast app and Stitcher. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that we also have the Charlie Boot Show at CharlieBootShow.com where we have your favorite national sports guests. And last week we had Anthony Munoz and Raiders legend Coach Tom Flores join us. Uh, next week we got a big treat for you. MLB icon Johnny Bench is coming by the show. So things are heating up big time as we head into Super Bowl season. Folks, I'd love to know who you're taking, the Pats or the Eagles? Shoot me a message on Twitter at the Charlie Boots or on Facebook at the Charlie Boots Show. And without further ado, let's get this week's party started. Here's a golden one for all you business minds, radio minds, and sports fans out there. Senior Vice President of Sports Programming at SiriusXM. Here is Steve, the Raider, Cohen. You are listening to the Raider Life Podcast. Here's Steve. A true Raider, Mr. Steve Cohen. Steve, how are you? Hey, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be on with you. And, man, what a weekend. I've been wanting to bring this conversation uh, to Raider Nation for a while, but what a weekend. We just had Grudy's press conference yesterday. How did you you feel about John Gruden taking the reins of the Raiders? So I'm in my office, and somebody had scheduled a a call for me at 3 o'clock, and I walk in, and the Gruden press conference starts. 
and I literally said, cancel the call. Gruden's talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, back in black, here comes Chucky. Look, I'm, I'm just so excited. It's just, it's great. Um, um, I'm excited to see how he fills out his coaching staff. I, I like the hires so far. I'm um, hoping for for more quality veteran guys to come in to work with the to work with the, the players and um, you know uh, somebody just asked me in the coffee room here at SiriusXM. So what's the goal next year? Playoffs? I was like, no, the goal is to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yep. I'm not happy just making the playoffs. Heck, two years ago we made the playoffs and got to watch the team lose to Houston, for God's sakes, in one of the worst games I've ever watched in my life. No, the goal is to win a championship, all right? Playoffs, no, not good enough. That falls short. Goal is to win a championship in 2018. Absolutely. And, you know, it was so cool to when uh, I think at the presser someone asked Gruden the question, are you worried that your style of coaching will offend uh, the modern athlete? And, and Gruden was almost taken back, and he was like, are you kidding me? He was like, I, I think there's still room for passion and winning in the in the NFL. Hey, listen, uh, frankly, I hope you offend some people, okay? and Because yeah. and, I'll tell you one thing. I don't think Marshawn Lynch Lynch would still be on the team if Gruden were coaching on the sideline and that guy runs out on the field to help the the opposition. Okay, Correct. that guy can take the Bart home and never come to my to my facility again. So let's let's start getting rid of guys like that. Let's start getting rid of guys like Crabtree, who you're paying all this money to just to watch him disappear and worry about his gold chain. Let's get back to winning football games and guys that all they care about is winning football games. Man, it's amazing. You've seen pro sports, obviously, for all your years and how entrenched you've been in it. But, like, in, in, do you feel that now, obviously with the money, but, but that vision of just the, the World Series at the end of the season or the Super Bowl, that those aren't big enough, you know, things to attain for these guys now, and that's not really where their sight is? Well, I think it is. It is. But, listen... You know, this is something that hasn't changed throughout the years, you know, um, is, you know, that's why you look at what the, what the Patriots do and, um, and what some of the better organizations do. They get guys who care about one thing, and that's winning a championship. They love to play the game. Okay, yeah, they love the the money that comes along with it, okay, but their main goal is to win that trophy, to get that ring, to accomplish what very few have accomplished. So that's always the focus, is is to win championships. Anything less than that is a waste of time. So, I mean, I just, I don't know, hey, look, you know, I was out at, in a two-day span, I was at Patriot Camp one day in uh, August, and then I flew out to Napa to Raider Camp. Oh, wow. And to say the two practices were night and day would be an understatement. Okay. Really? You had one team that you wouldn't know they'd won a championship last year. You wouldn't know that they had a bunch of rings from past championships. Okay, And then you had another team that... You would think they're just coming off a Super Bowl. 
And it was like a country club lifestyle as I watched these guys practice, you know. So that was the difference between the Patriots and the Raiders in watching those practices. That'll change under Gruden, okay? Because you've earned nothing on the first day of training camp. It's a new season. Everybody needs to prove themselves. I want to see Derek Carr moving forward throwing the ball as, a poor, as opposed to stepping backwards. We step into passes. We don't step out of passes. Let's get back to that. This high-priced offensive line, let's start blocking some guys. Okay? You expect <laughs> Donald Penn to be anything when he comes back after missing uh, all that time in training camp holding out? And you then holding the out? You think, you, think, you think a guy like that's going to be ready to block anybody? A speed rusher? No. Come on. It's a joke. Okay? So that offensive line was a, was, a, was, a, was a terrible joke this year. They need to get back to being the best that they can be. Man. And now, guys, to, to talk a little bit about, to, to pair that with a little bit of your history, man, we always hear about the great coaching trees, right, the NFL. And one of the greatest trees to ever be planted in the NFL, you had major influence from, and I'm talking the great Bill Parcells. You, you know, over a decade you worked with Bill closely, and then guys like Belichick come out from underneath that tree. What did you see, the ingredients that he put into to building a winner, the character he looked for, and do you apply that mentality to your mentality as the coach over there pretty much at, at Sirius? Well, I do. You know, I've I've learned more from Parcells and Belichick in terms of um, philosophy and management style than I've learned from anyone. And and I think, you know, philosophy is a big thing. You know, everybody's got to buy into it. See, if I make you better at what you do, you're you're more likely to listen to what I have to say. You know, so it's that's that's simple management. Now, you know, if you just want to be the guy that beats people down, then you're not going to get very far because you can only take so much of that. You know, right. but I I mean, in doing Coach Parcells' research for so many years, um, and then I you know being his his ghostwriter for columns and such and going through every game with him and getting his thoughts on games and asking questions and um, spending many days driving around the Jersey Shore with him as he went through depth charts with me and gave me his opinion on depth charts and and moves he's made in the past that both cost him and 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 uh paid dividends um has been invaluable for me and um and you know watching what coach Belichick does is is just amazing because you know if you look at the patriots you know they pay very few people you know they just keep right. developing guys developing guys put people in positions to make an impact where um where they they can succeed you know you see it with guys like mike vrabel throughout the years guys who have been cast off by the way same thing Al Davis did with the Raiders for years. Yep. Ted Hendricks was a cast-off. You know, so many of these guys were cast-offs. You know, John Matusak, Lyle Alzado. So many guys that that Al Davis would bring in, and they'd have amazing careers um, yeah. under, because he put them in positions to win, where, you know, you, you play to a player's strength. You know, you just don't force them to do things that they're they're not suited to do. So I think that's... That's something that Parcells did, and that's something that Belichick did. You know, Parcells came out and started with three tight ends against the Bills. 
Like, holy crap, we haven't seen that before this year. Right. You know? And then all of a sudden they ran the ball all day. They kept uh, that K-Gun offense off the field, and they won a Super Bowl, thanks to wide right. <laughs> so I think a lot of the, you know, look, if you're smart enough to listen twice as much as you talk, you might learn something. Um, I was always um, that way with, with both um, Coach Parcells and Coach Belichick. I was very lucky that Coach Belichick was so uh, kind to me and generous with his time. Um, it really helped me a lot. And, uh, and you know, I brought my family up to minicamp earlier. Um, oh, gosh, what was it, May? Um, their last minicamp practice, which was closed to everybody, and they invited us up, and we sat, got to watch them. And, and again, and the same thing, you'd never know that they, they'd won a championship the prior year. You know, it was all hands on deck. And you see it all the time, and you wonder, how can a guy sign somebody off somebody's practice squad, and then a couple weeks later, that guy's starting at outside linebacker, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and, and flawlessly. And flawlessly, yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, that's why when they got James Harrison, I said to myself, well, he's a heck of a lot better than the guy they, they had in there who was just a guy, you know? But again, it's uh, a lot of it is... Is philosophy and um, and game planning. I mean, Raider fans watch this season. I mean, how many times did you see Reggie Nelson just lost in space, not knowing where he should be in pass coverage? How many times did we see that this year? You know, who are these quarterbacks that were trying to play the position this year? You know, so I, I mean, I saw more disciplined disciplined players. In college football than I saw on that Raider defense this year. I mean, who are yeah, these guys? You know, and yeah, we made bad decisions. How do you go into the season with a linebacking core like this? You know, I mean, you expected the guy from Greenville to start for you? When you could have signed, you know, all these veteran linebackers who are out there, and then okay, you won't go out and get Bowman. Great. I would have taken his teammate from the Niners who went to the Packers too, and many other guys. So, so, you know, I can't fault Reggie for the draft because the, the whole damn draft was injured. It, it, amazing. Amazing how many injuries. Conley never played. Uh, you know, barely played. The kid from UConn, play, you know, barely played. You know. Obi, yeah. So, um, you know, the kid you know, from Wake Forest, the inside linebacker, he's all right. He's just a guy, you know. <laughs> so maybe he'll develop into something. But, you know, the guy from UCLA, yeah, he's all right. Just a guy. Let's see if he develops into something. So we didn't draft anybody on defense this year, which we relied on, that we were hoping would make an impact, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, look at Carl Joseph, okay. We made a mistake. Should have taken Keanu Neal. He's a much better player. Will Carl develop into that guy? I sure hope so. Because right now we made a mistake. We took the wrong guy. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, these are these are things you have to point to in terms of why the Raiders are 6-10. and 10. You know, that's so amazing to hear your perspective on, bang, this week I was at Patriots camp, then I went to Raiders camp, and you would think they were coming off of, you know, champagne showers. When we were a first-round Elam, but we went in with so much. They got high off of that uh, expectation, you know? Uh, expect, you know what? Expect to lose if you have expectations. All right? Absolutely. Because you've earned nothing. This league, there's such a fine line between winning and losing, being a championship team. I mean, look at it now, right? Can't you sit there 
and say the Saints are good enough to beat anybody. Vikings are good enough to beat anybody. Steelers are good enough to beat the Patriots, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to say Jacksonville because God knows you ain't winning with Bortles. <laughs> you got Tommy Coughlin magic working. Yeah, well, he ain't playing quarterback now, is he? <laughs> so, so that's the deal. I mean... You know, it's such a fine line. I mean, everybody loved the L.A. Rams. They were the darlings. You know, a lot of us voted for, you know, McVay as the coach of the year. And what did they do? They got beat by a veteran team. You know, it was yeah. too much too soon. They got beat by a veteran team. And because what happened? What was the difference in that game? Turnovers and tackling, right? The guy, Mark Barron, you want to make him linebacker? Great. Let him be in position on Mohamed Sanu's uh, screen pass so you can make a tackle and, and not watch the guy go 52 yards, right? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so, and that's why the Falcons won that game. The guys tackle, okay? They're not like these launchers. They grab you. They wrap you up. They tackle. That's what you got to do, you know? Yeah. So, um, but but it's a very fine line between winning and losing. Look at, Raiders weren't crushing people a year ago when they won all those games they were barely winning they were eking them out yeah they were eking them out jack del rio you know had some gutsy calls and this year not so gutsy you know and then so um you know so there were some miscalculations in terms of personnel this year you know seth roberts let him go to the arena football league where he belongs <laughs> Okay, bring in a guy like uh, Ted Ginn. You know, if Al Davis were still alive, we would have gone after Ted Ginn. We built yeah. championship teams built on speed. I would have drafted Christian McCaffrey. Would have loved Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. Give me speed. I'm a Raider. Power and speed. You know? Absolutely. I mean, said I got I got wide receivers that everybody comes. It's like taking candy from a baby. You know, this yeah. guy, uh, you know, 16. I mean, dude, can you can you hold on to the ball when we throw it to you? <laughs> guy's terrible. All I'm right. just taking the so, ball away from him. And Seth Roberts, come on, man. Guy should be in the arena league. And my question to you now, when Coop comes up on a free agent contract, what do you do? Bye-bye. Yeah. Farewell. Love you. Farewell. I need guys that fight for the ball. Guys that know. If you're a wide receiver, his size, and can't high point the ball, okay? Yeah. See ya. That'd be a pit bull out. See ya. Guys, guys hurt a lot. You know, you don't get better as you get, you know, <laughs> as you get older. All right? So I look at these guys in the, I mean, Ridley. I'll draft him. Six foot one. Runs, you know, like the way. But I need guys that can fight for the ball. You know? I don't think Rob Moore did a good job coaching our wide receivers, frankly. Okay, yeah. Amari Cooper. I thought, oh, and I had such high expectations when I saw him fighting for the goal line in Week One. Yeah, came out on fire. Fighting for the fire. goal line. Oh, he's finally fighting. And what happened after that? Not much. I one game. <laughs> he had one big game. I think in Week Six he had more yards than than, than the previous five weeks. Right, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, goodbye. He's got one more year to prove himself. Otherwise, let somebody else pay him. You know, you can't pay everybody, right? Yeah. So go out and get hungry guys. Like I look at, you know, this year I thought Jacksonville signed A.J. Boye. Wow, what a, what a signing that was. thought the guy was the best cornerback in the NFL this year, you know? Young and hungry. Young and hungry. Get a guy that's proven himself over his first four years. Nobody's going to sit here and tell me that, that Cooper's proven himself yet. Okay, he's flashed. 
If I'm going to pay you, you need to do more than flash. Yep. You need to be consistent. Don't disappear. Hey, Crabtree, would you have one catch against the Eagles? Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. It is amazing what a fine line it is. Now, now to talk to talk your career, it's, it's, it wasn't such a fine line. You go from growing up on the East Coast, you know, WFAN is, is church, and you go from WFAN to Sirius, which was, you know, at the time, brand-new platform, and you introduce the Sirius NFL. The whole programming. So, what was that like to take on? And where did did you see satellite radio taking off? How it did? Uh no, no. I took a chance, and um, you know, actually, when I was at the 2004 Super Bowl in Houston, I met with Robert Kraft, who did the deal with Sirius for the NFL, and I asked him his opinion. Uh, and he said, "Steve, you should really take this job, you know, because the NFL is fully supportive." Um, and, uh, you know, you'll have a job and you'll do a good job with it. So, um, so it was a bit of a leap of faith, but, you know, as Pat Kerwin said to me, he's like, you know, you got to put your mark on something now. You, you know, so, you know, you could build this thing. And, you know, up until that point, I was running a website and I was a publisher. I had a nationally syndicated NFL column. Um, I was hosting a nationally syndicated, NFL show on Westwood One, and I had my show on WFAN, so I had a lot going on. But I, you know, I was always my own boss, so so this was kind of cool. And let me put together a radio station for the first time with my philosophy of creating expert radio with shows hosted by former players, coaches, GMs, and scouts. So. Um, you know, it was exciting, but I never envisioned what, you know, 250,000 subscribers 14 years later becoming 33 million subscribers. So it's been great, you know. And and it's so, it's amazing to see how many people followed that blueprint of the expert, you know, analyst. Because now you look at pretty much most, most different, you know, every pregame show, postgame show, they have their ex-players and stuff. And it's almost like as guys retire, now the question is, what network are they going to go to? You know, and you you kind of started you laid that blueprint down. That's wild. Well, we did, you know, it was funny when we first started, guys couldn't even pronounce Sirius, you know. They were calling it Cyrus and, <laughs> and it was hard getting and frankly it was hard getting people to work for us. When I hired John Riggins, he said, "Steve, you know, I've never had a full-time job in my life outside of football." But, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> and it was great and we put him afternoon drive with uh, Adam Shine and and Rigo was just fantastic you know and um so i was lucky that my relationships helped uh help build um you know the first 24-hour nfl radio station and um and people uh, took a leap of faith on me much the way i did on this company um so it's been great though but you know, I've been lucky. I, you know, I talked about Belichick and I talked about Parcells. Gil Brandt has been uh, um, a huge influence on me and the second father. And, you know, I always just shut up and listen to Gil. I'll ask the question and I'll listen to the response. But, you know, Gil should be in the Hall of Fame because basically the scouting model he created, every team follows. And, um, and so... Uh, I'm lucky that Gil came along with me uh, to do this. You know, I, I, I'm just glad that I've been 
smart around, to, smart enough to surround myself with smarter people than myself uh, throughout you know my professional career that that I could learn from these people and uh, and help succeed. Now, when you were at university, I saw first you were at a community college and you were working at a heavy metal station. Back then. <laughs> Back then, I still I'm buying Judas Priest tickets uh, to go see them on <laughs> Mohegan Sun, so that's never changed. <laughs> now, did you did you see what blows your mind more? If you put yourself back then, right? Does it blow your mind more where the sports business is gone or where technology's gone? Well, I think technology because you know this the fact that I can go on the train and watch television in my lap is is this the Jetsons man you know I mean uh-huh. I, this Netflix thing and all these various companies where I can download movies and TV shows and and I could pay for the right not to watch commercials and um you know I think it's technology is amazing the sports thing you know it's funny my son says to me um he was breaking chops in September. He says, "He said, hey, Dad, how come your team's the only football team that still plays on a baseball field? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I was like, well, uh, you know, there was a time where every NFL team played on a baseball field. You know, we're just, we're the last of the Mohicans, you know. So, um but it's true, and sports is ridiculous. And, and you know, look, I didn't—I uh, got into radio thinking I was going to be a, a disc jockey and and all that stuff. But um, you know, the sports opportunity presented itself. You know, when I was at University of Arizona. I was working for a TV channel and uh, producing, um, you know, Arizona Wildcat basketball and football games and Lou Olson show and. The, Larry Smith show and pushing the camera for the nightly news and all that. So, oh wow! And that's it. You know, that's what I tell kids who are in college. Man, <laughs> learn everything. You don't know. You can sit here and say, "Yeah, I'd like to be this and that and the other thing," and then you get out and you're like, "Well, I got to make money." So let's see what mm-hmm. happens here. So, so I kind of did everything in the radio world, and I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time when WFAN was starting, and I interviewed for a job and. And got an entry level position, and then we launched the first all sports radio station two months later. And I was lucky enough to work with some very passionate and smart people. You know, when we started working um, with Mike and the Mad Dog, um, you know, the thing that made that show go, and don't pay any attention to the bullshit 30 for 30, which was a piece of garbage. Um, the reason it was so popular is because everybody had this passion to be the best that they could be and to make, you know, the show as good as it can be. And every day, whether it's discussing guests or how we screen calls or the production that we did, we, you know, we did it full speed, you know. And there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of, we all had skin in the game, you know. And so that's what made us great. And that's what, you know, it's the same passion that drives sports fans. It's the same thing like, you know, growing up, I watch a Raider game, they lose. I couldn't eat dinner after that. Sick to my stomach, you know? <laughs> so come on. And now I see these schmucks smiling after a game after losing. I'm like, all right, turn off the oh, oh, oh. Infuriating. <laughs> I couldn't eat. You know, that's the kind of fan I was, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to do it, do it on a high level. 
you know. And and I think even here, um, yeah, it's nice to be able to make money, but you don't do it for the money. You do it so for the sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes people great. Absolutely. You're not great because at what you do because of the amount of money you make. You know, you know it when you accomplish something. You know, even you're in school, you get an A on an exam, you know you worked your ass off studying to accomplish that goal, you know, and there's no money involved. So it's what you put into something is what you get out of it, you know. And so it's the same thing on the practice field. You know, I see these guys practicing in Napa with the with the the music just playing. The only time they put music on at Patriot Camp, okay, is for crowd noise. All right, otherwise nobody's grooving on the practice field. All right, <laughs> they put the music on as loud as they can play it to act like crowd noise. All right, and the Raiders Camp. I thought I was in Jamaica for a second at the at the uh, all inclusive. You know. Ordering, yeah. ordering uh, pina coladas. <laughs> Make a mojito over here on the 50-yard line, please. <laughs> there you go. Crush the mint, please. Oh, my goodness. That's wild. Now, you know, and it's funny, a lot of this sports stuff now, and whether it's on television or radio, a lot of it seems so routine. You know, everywhere you know exactly what you're going to get. And and you're exactly right. With with fan, fan was changing the game. That's serious changing the game. And you need the passion and the creativity and you guys had, you know, you had artists in play, and, and it, it was really a big win. Where do you see now the future of sports reporting headed? Oh, God, I hope it's not covering the balls and their bullshit basketball. <laughs> I mean, yeah. now we're watching, Lithuania. we're watching kids in Lithuania play basketball? Oh, my God. So um, hopefully the kid could hit the rim on his next three-point attempt. I, I don't know. They're, you know, um, I just, I mean, I read this this story that was written about the Patriots. Just there was nothing but BS. I mean, come on, man. But now, now the head coach can't criticize the quarterback. Is that what we're talking right. about? You know, guy has a game. We can't talk about what you did wrong and and how you can get better. I mean, I hope my boss criticizes me and tells me how I can be- get better. I hope the guys that report to me say, "Steve, you know, we got to do this differently. We got to, yeah, make me better." I don't know. This, I guess, is the society we live in now. But it's, <laughs> yeah, Bill Belichick's coming to the Giants. Sure, yeah, he's leaving. <laughs> Could you imagine Robert Kraft? What his, what Patriot fans would think of him if he ever let Belichick leave the Patriots? Are you kidding? Oh me? my God. Come on. I mean, oh, but then, I don't know. Right. We just, in this society now, we just write stuff and report stuff that sticks to the wall, and it's like half of it's BS, and if the other half sticks, it's like, hey, look, I told you, I told you. <laughs> but they don't report on what they got wrong. I don't know. I, I just think um, things are sensationalized now, um, and uh, I don't. I, I I subscribe to the theory that I want to make you a bigger, better, wiser, smarter sports fan. And if I could accomplish that through what I do here at SiriusXM through my sports channels, then my job's done. I don't need to break any BS stories. I don't need to cover the Kardashians of the NBA or any of that nonsense. Um, you know, I'd like to stick to uh, loving sports for what it is and um, and enjoying it and seeing great national championship games and. Uh, you know, watching this kid from St. Louis, the St. Louis school in Honolulu that I read about, 
after he signed with Alabama and this great uh, top uh you know, run past quarterback in the country, uh, and all of a sudden I see him for the first time in a national championship game. Come out of the locker room, first meaningful minutes of his college career, and lead his team back from a deficit to win a national championship. That's what sports is all about. Yep, story of the year, and Kenny the Snake Stabler was up there pouring champagne down with a big smile that night. What a... What a win. How about that? To see a left-handed quarterback uh, be that accurate. You know, I enjoyed the Wisconsin kid, too, this year. I think he's a good young player. Um, but to see that, you know. Uh, Something about a lefty. Yeah, really, the way they spin it, the way the ball comes out, yeah. how they spin the ball, it's amazing. But I was lucky to grow up in the Snake Stabler era and watch him and meet him and try on his Super Bowl ring. And, I mean, that's <laughs> Stuff I'll never forget. Of course, Al Davis broke my heart when they when he traded him for Dan Pastorini. See, even even <laughs> Hall of Famers make stupid decisions. You know, we're we're all you know. <laughs> that's the thing, man. You know, once you think you're, you're you're real smart and great and the best at what you do, and you go and make a decision like trading Snake Stabler for Dan Pastorini. Oy vey. <laughs> what was? Do you have any? Uh... Is there a snake memory you carry through life? And is there an Al Davis uh, aspect or management leadership aspect that you employ in yourself? Well, I love Snake because he played it fast and loose, you know. And I try to, you know, that's how I kind of live my life, you know. Um, Not that I show up to work drunk or anything. Um, But when I met him and he came into WFAN and he, told me to try on a Super Bowl ring, and then he signed my Raider jacket, which I quickly retired, and um, I was wearing a, a Ken Stabler throwback jersey when my first child was born in the maternity wow. room, so, uh, but as far as Al Davis, I, I don't conform to anything. Okay, I love the Maverick style. I'd like to think of myself as the Al Davis of sports talk radio because I sign guys that that people gave up on. You know, I give people a second chance. People, um, you know, have lost positions for uh, different reasons, and uh, people who've had their backs turned on them. You know, um, you know, I'm very proud of that. Um, ESPN fired Steve Phillips. When he had trouble, I brought Steve Phillips here. He's done a great job mm-hmm. for me. Ryan Leaf is working for me now. He's become a very close friend. I root for him every day. He's doing great. Just became a dad. As a matter of fact, texted me a picture of his son today, who, by the way, he's a big boy. Yeah, and, we might have another uh, one. <laughs> yeah, MacGyver is his name. So um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan in Minnesota. He's just doing great. Uh, he's got about five years sober now. And so I'm, I'm happy to be able to give people uh, a second chance um, in life, whatever I can do to help people. So those are the things that, you know, I look at Al Davis and um, – you know, he he just had balls, you know. And, again, wasn't always right, um, but none of us are. You know, we all make mistakes. But um, but he was, uh, you know, one of the first. Uh, I mean, his passion for speed, looking, you know, what he did with Cliff Branch and all the different speed guys we had with the Raiders. Um, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. So, uh, 
you know, I'm I'm just look, I'm just hoping for bigger and better things. I'll go back out to Napa uh to training camp this year. That was like a bucket list for me. I hadn't I hadn't been to Napa for their training camp. So when I went out there, uh I, I'm telling you, my eyes welled up when I walked on that practice field. You know, for thirty years I'd been walking on to training camp fields. I never went on my team's training camp field and I Wow. I welled up. You know, I'm man enough to say it. It just meant the world to me to see all those Raider helmets um, on the field. So um, now I really would have welled up had I known uh, what the season would be like. <laughs> you know, but did I'd you be feel that? for a different reason? You know, did you feel that though? Like with all the experience you've had at all these camps, when you saw how it was running, did you leave that camp that day thinking like, "Ugh, this season might not be so pretty." No, because you know you got to understand with what you saw, what I saw that day. They're not going at it, you know. They're in shells right. and they're not hitting, and you know you can't really take a lot out of out of one practice, you know. Um, you know, Conley was already with the whatever leg problems he had, not practicing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, what I did come out of it saying, I was like, Jesus, I don't know what's going on with these linebackers. This does not look good at all. You know, yeah. we are less than average at linebacker, and that I could see right away. But um, I couldn't take a lot out of it. No, no, I'm just. Uh, but I did the the when I compared it to what I saw in New England, um, I just thought that it was run um, a lot looser, lighter, and less intense than what I saw. Um, with the Patriots and that that bothered me because I'm I'm I believe in discipline I believe in heavy discipline um, because it's the only way to be great is to press and press and press and push and push and push and do the same things over and over and over again so um, until you get them right and so you know uh, I think it'll change under John Gruden and the coaching staff that he's bringing in yeah, I agree, and that's a that's a Hall of Fame mentality over there in New England. And we also, folks, folks, Steve is also a Hall of Famer. Steve, we got to talk about the the induction into the Fantasy Sports Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, I know you didn't see that one coming. No, I didn't. Um, you know, uh, so I was the first guy to write about NFL injuries, and basically what happened was I was working for Parcells, getting injury information, and then. When he went back to coaching, I had all this information, and I knew everything. I knew a grade one, grade two, grade three, MCL, ACL, LCL. So, you know, I didn't know what to do with it, so we started doing injury reports, and and uh, it changed the face of fantasy. And um, people still aren't really doing injury reports. I guess when I stopped doing them, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I was one of the first successful fantasy subscription businesses, Um and uh, John Hansen and I were the first two fantasy football writers for ESPN.com. And so it was a great honor, and um, uh, I, I'm quite proud of that because, you know, I set out to do something, create a business that that became successful. So I, I'm quite proud of that, and um, I was lucky enough to... Um, to be supported by a lot of the other um, entrepreneurs in the fantasy world, and they, uh, a lot of them, were there to share that evening with me at the um, the Crown Plaza, and um, we had a great time, and um, I enjoyed it. And 
I just think it was, you know, it was kind of cool. You know, we all sit there saying, oh, let's come up with an invention, an idea we can make some money. And to actually do something, you know, you, you do your, your full-time job and then to come home and be working on stuff all night until your eyes literally are burning. And then you go to bed and... Um, and you get up and you do it all over again the next day, and then every Saturday writing four or five hours in between traveling with the Jets and Giants and in hotels, and everybody's waiting to go to dinner. i got to finish this report. and uh, All those hours you put into it, and then you get uh, put into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it really makes you feel like... Um, you know, you weren't wasting your time. You weren't just doing it for the money. When I was just doing it for the money, by the way. <laughs> but well, I was trying to support a family, you know. So, um, but I'm I'm quite proud of it, and um, you know, I love fantasy sports. I think it's hey, frankly, thank God for fantasy sports because the Raiders sucked for so many years. I needed something to root for on Sundays. <laughs> and, I mean, there's no way there's no way you could have seen fantasy sports growing from from where you guys started it to arguably now bigger than the sport itself it's great but i will tell you one thing won't change with me um you know you cross my raiders or you cross me as a raider fan you're off my fantasy team i cut marshawn lynch off of two teams after the chiefs game when he went out there to support marcus peters i i no i'll have nothing to do with him i would have ripped the 24 right off his back Okay, he sullied the name of Charles Woodson and Willie Brown and the great Raiders who wore 24 before him. Okay, that was an embarrassment. All right, I cut him on two fantasy teams. I'm not going to root for a guy that helps a chief. A chief? Are you kidding me? Come on. You know, it's sickening. It's sickening. And you see, but, you know, I and I always felt like the, the whole fantasy world takes away from people's loyalty to their team. That is amazing to hear you apply the loyalty to the fantasy. Hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you I don't root for points against the Raiders, okay? But when it comes to helping Marcus, no, no, no. I draw the line someplace, okay? I'll draft Travis Kelsey, you know? And by the way, ain't my fault that the, uh, our, our safeties, you know, can't stop the guy and he scores a touchdown, all right? So, yeah. you know, a lot of it is, it's got to, you got to use your head with fantasy, but, but, you know, I drafted Carr this year on one team and, um, you know, he was disappointing and, but, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a win-win if you're, um, if you're a Raider fan and you draft a Raider who will do, um, you know, does well for your fantasy team. But I can tell you this right now, I didn't draft any Raider wide receivers this year. There's no way. Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. And that was going into the season. All right. I mean, we got to get better at wide receiver. That's why I love Gruden in the press conference. He said, we got no offensive line. We got a quarterback. That's all he mentioned, okay? Marshawn yep. Lynch wouldn't talk to him. Tony <laughs> was a yep. broadcaster. So, That's what he's anyway, I, mean, I, I would let that guy go tomorrow. I wouldn't pay that guy. See ya. Thanks for the memories. Enjoy be Oakland. super interesting. Enjoy. Put your, put your Marcus Peters jersey on and enjoy, uh, enjoy, uh, <laughs> enjoy Oakland, okay? <laughs> let me know how the fans respond oh, to you. <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness. So, so what do we say for the man who, who's made moves like he could tell the future? What do you see for this year's Oakland Raider uh, final record? Well, let's see what we get. Come on now, uh, we got yeah, we got a draft. You know, go get me uh, Raekwon from the from Georgia. Get me a linebacker that can cover and hit and run. How about that yeah. for a change? 
was the last yeah, time we saw we that nice from a Raider, play. a drafted linebacker? You know? Go get the kid from Georgia, number three. Bring him in. Let's go. You know? So, um, you know, we got – listen – they they can have tens of millions of dollars under the cap this year if they get rid of the right uh, um, baggage, okay? Yeah. So there's a lot of guys to go out there and sign, a lot of guys to draft. This team can go from the outhouse to the penthouse very quickly. So let John Gruden and Reggie McKenzie do their thing, and let's coach them up and get back to uh, – Commitment to excellence. Absolutely. And let's just win, baby. And Steve, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and, and for all you've done for the for the Raiders and for the radio world. Thanks, Charlie. I enjoyed it. You take care, all right? Go Raiders. And a big thank you to our friend Steve Cohen from Sirius XM. I got a kick out of it, folks. When he was talking about Patriots camp compared to Raiders camp last year. And he said he felt like he was on a Jamaican all-inclusive resort. And I'd be dying. But it is really interesting to to hear that. And it's going to be fascinating to see what changes now that Chucky has grabbed the reins of the dark side. Also, a big congratulations and champagne pop. I do those sound effects on my own, folks. So I get paid the big bucks. To the WWE. Some might still call the WWF, just celebrated 25 years of Raw. And to celebrate, we will be bringing wrestling legend Tito Santana to the show in the next couple weeks. And as always, if you want to hear some of your favorites, like Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Diamond Dallas Page, or maybe some of your favorite NFL stars, NBA, MLB, just head on over to charliebootshow.com and raiderlife.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast right there on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher so you don't miss a beat. That'll do it for this week's episode. I thank you all for tuning in and coming and spending some time with us. Thanks again to Steve Cohen for the gems and our buddy Gary Brown and all of our friends in the New Jersey Shore Raiders Booster Club. Keep doing a great job, guys. I'm your host, Charlie Boots. It has been a pleasure as always, and I'll see you next time right here on RaiderLife.com. Raiders.